Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 116 of the Galen Trombley Show, and we have Hannah Provost here. And Hannah is a financial advisor and partner at Lamonto Provost Financial Advisors. And I'm going to read this nifty little card, and this is a disclaimer. So if I did not write read this, it's totally on me and not on Hannah. But we're going to do it now so I don't forget. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. Hannah Provost, registered representative. Advisory service offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., Lamonto Provost Financial Advisors, and Security Securities America are separate companies. You should do this professionally. You did yep, great. Was that okay? Yeah. And the stuff on the front's a lot cooler because it has her name and where she's located and all, how to contact her, but we can do that at the end. So I'll give you that, Hannah. Or is that for me to keep? You can have it. Okay. Is all that right. like you're plugging your business card? Sure. Like, I don't it. know where to find you guys. But <laughs> um, so first off, you guys are our neighbors mm-hmm. and going on year three? I think we're both in this building forever, so that's what it feels yeah. like. So what? So for people that do not know you, kind of give us a little background how you got to 2021, Hannah C. Provost. So, uh, so very nice to be here. Um, I moved to Plattsburgh um, just about nine years ago now. Um, I my career before this was in. Um, retail and then I kind of fell into banking it was just like I needed a job and they were hiring so it worked out Um, I had no uh, dreams as a little girl to be a banker but it it worked out well so I came over here um, and was hired by Glens Falls National um, as a assistant branch manager and so I was kind of traveling around to the three different branches that they have in town Um, I really really liked the people side of the business and so um, as things progressed, you know, I was, um, I got my own branch. I was a branch manager and then, um, a role opened up for me to get my securities licenses. And so I had no idea what any of that meant. I was not, um, other than an economics class in high school where we got to play the stock market game. I was really not that interested in capital markets. Um, but we, explored it a little bit more and I was able to work with somebody who's a certified financial planner back at the bank and she explained to me that our job is really um, not about the the nitty-gritty stocks and bonds that's kind of um, kind of the price of admission and that's something that people hire us to do but it's really people business and so that really was just so so um, attractive to me that we could have this business where we really help people feel better about their lives and get to where they want to be so it's kind of how I got into it. Are you from Plattsburgh? No. Okay. So where, where, where are you from? It just says, <laughs> I, we get some background. I, I get like intel on the on certain guests. A little bit of snooping, sure. And uh, yeah, just creeping around. And say so class of two, I won't give your age. Class you of no Okay, care. class of 2006. You're yeah. not that old. You're about my age. <laughs> class of 2006. Um, and it says Plattsburgh. 
No. Okay. No. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't think you were from around here. So where did no. you, you grow up? Um, so I grew up in Connecticut. Um, and my parents um, moved around a lot as I was a kid. And so I lived a couple different places. But I graduated from Watertown High School down there. Um, think of like... In Connecticut. In Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. So um, smaller community, kind of uh, closer to like a Glens Falls, just because it was adjacent to a bigger city. It's close mm-hmm. to New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. Um, and so um, grew up there, came up to Vermont because my parents are both from here originally. And so I came up visiting as a kid. Um, so came up and went to UVM for a year. Did not like it, hated the culture there, um, dropped out essentially, um, and then was just working and um, trying to figure out what to do next. Um, so I got my associate's degree over in Vermont um, and then fell into banking. It's really kind of, you wouldn't have thought when I was like a senior in high school that I was just going to have this really wayward path, but do it's you, worked out. So when you were in high school going into college, did you have like an idea what you wanted to do? Or re- yeah, I wanted to save the earth. I was an environmental okay. studies major when I went to UVM. UVM, perfect place to go yeah, for that kind exactly. of stuff. So <laughs> environmental studies and community and economic development. So that was mm-hmm. like the game plan. Yep. And then we just had that you didn't like college and just said, I'm going to be the college dropout. Yeah. Which we've known many successful college dropouts nowadays. So, sure. Um, so what was, it, what was it about, I don't want to say UVM, but what was it about college that you didn't like? It just was... It was not the sense of community that I thought it would be. Um, the high school that I went to, we were all just really close, and it was like you you couldn't go around town without running into people you knew, so very much like Plattsburgh in that way. Um, and the college just didn't have that same, that same feeling. You didn't feel connected to very much. It was too big, I think. UVM's also kind of, um, it's amongst the city. So mm-hmm. it's, there's certain colleges, there's a couple colleges I've been to, not like just visiting or in town and you drive through, it almost feels like you're in a gated community and everything mm-hmm. is there. I, um, like when I went to, like I've been to Notre Dame, like I'd take Notre Dame. They obviously have roads that go through the campus, but from my memory, you wouldn't be going through the campus unless you were going to do something on the college. Like mm-hmm. I find that UVM, I passed through UVM just to go to downtown from, you know, the highway. So, you know, I like the idea of you you kind of roll in because Plattsburgh to me is the same as UVM. It's yeah. right in the you middle of the city. You drive down Broad Street and it's like you're right in the heart of Yeah, you got to pass through it to go home. And yeah. uh, I think that there's a difference vibe with that and compared to that like tight-knit, kind of mm-hmm. like gated community. I don't, yeah. I mean, I went to Plattsburgh. I I didn't drop out, but I pretty much had the mindset of a college dropout just finishing. Like I finished college, but I yeah. had like no desire to do what I wanted to do. Um, so you went right into... Okay, so you went into banking, but did you come to Plattsburgh right after? Was that the opening? Like, what was the the gap over there? um, I worked in banking over in uh, Burlington, but on the operations side of things. So it was an office job, nine to five, working with the same people day in and day out. Um, I worked in the loan department and then in the trust department. And it was very much just like get the job done every day. There wasn't a ton of career development. but at the time, I was really young. I just wanted to get in and get out and be done. It wasn't, it wasn't like a path that I was on. Um, but that uh, background helped me get into Glens Falls National when I came over here, which was a really, really different environment. It was um, 
you know, I think just doing business in Plattsburgh in general, it, you don't just go in and clock in and clock out for the day, especially if you want to build your career here. You mm-hmm. go to business after hours, you go to all the events, um, you really get to know the people who are coming in on a day to day basis. And so that was a huge shift in my career, one that I didn't really expect at the time. Um, but it worked out really, really well. It ended up being a passion that I didn't know I had. Did you know about Plasper before moving here? Uh, not really. Probably just name only? Yeah, exactly. We'd come over on the ferry a couple of times, probably over to Port Kent when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got the call for Glens Falls, I didn't even know that Glens Falls was a place. I had to look it up on the map to go get my interview down there. Oh, God. Okay. So I wasn't familiar with this side of the lake really at all. That's funny because when you talk about like... I- we're pretty familiar on this side of the lake, even though it's, it's crazy. Like you go to Vermont, but even going down, I'm always clueless once I pass Burlington, mm-hmm. like all the rest of the like pathways down to like Boston or down to Mass. Um, so you came over here, you got into the banking. Um, did you like banking right off? Was this because I know this was kind of your second jump, but you, at this point, you're still young, right? Early sure. 20s. Yeah, exactly. I was uh, I'm trying to think how old I was. I was probably like 23 or so when okay. we came over here. Um, and I mean, the banking part of it is fine. It was like, again, not a great passion of mine, but I instantly just fell in love with the community and how connected I felt right away. I mean, I've lived a lot of different places. And so, um, I had kind of expected when I lived in Burlington, it would feel like my hometown, right? Cause my parents are both from there. My grandparents live there. Um, and it just didn't, it wasn't the feeling that I was looking for and immediately coming to Plattsburgh. It was like, yep, this is home. And Plattsburgh's still smaller than your hometown because you said it was yeah. more like a Glens Falls um, yep. amount of people, population. Yeah, Plattsburgh's definitely smaller. And, um, you know, it's just the kind of place where it doesn't take long before you're running into people you know at the grocery store. Like you you can't go out without, even now, even when we're like not seeing each other very much, you can't go out without running into someone you know. Do you find... I hate I do, I do this more of necessity because of time. But sometimes I'm strategic because like when I go out, mm-hmm. not because I hate talking to people. It's just sometimes I can't talk because I'm like right. I don't have enough time. So I like <laughs> I, I'm kind of like early morning, late at night, like yeah. shopping or you know you do like the pickups or something because it's. But even then you get caught. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean it's and, and the thing is if I go out till dinner. Like if me and uh, Gina go out to dinner or something, we're probably going to know a handful of people at the restaurant. And there's something I like about that. When you mm-hmm. run in, you get this, like, because at that point, I'm just like relaxing. I don't care. I can talk to people, whatever. But it's like when you're doing your day-to-day tasks, like I don't mind small talking, but there's always a point where it's just like people know where you're busy. Like you guys, like you go in and out. I'll say hi to you. I could talk to you for an hour out there, but I'm like, well, I know we're both got stuff to do. So right. it's just, Hannah, what's up? <laughs> like, yeah. Let's just, I gotta go to my car. No, no hard feelings. I just, yeah, exactly. I gotta go home to the kids. I gotta go yep. pick up this or go to this appointment. So, um, so the banking aspect, we liked it. You're in it. Then you go from there to you leave and become a partner and start this financial advisor company <laughs> that we're happy to have you as neighbors. We, we love you guys, but it, it's, uh, how did that pathway happen? And like, how did you get into the the financing aspect of banking. Yeah. So I, um, like I said, there was a, a woman that was working at the bank who was a certified financial planner. I saw what she did and I was just like, it was kind of like in banking, there's only so much to know and eventually you just know your job, right? So it's kind of like banking is like a book and she opened this up and it was like the whole library. Like you can never possibly know every aspect of this job and especially because you're dealing with people's lives. And so even you know, the market's always going to throw different things at you that are new, just like the real estate market Mm -hmm. does. Right. Um, and so there's variety there, but then you also have the people side of it. Like you'll never, ever get bored. 
Um, and so I had started to look at like, how do I find um, a way to make this a real career? Because to just like be an advisor and try to build the whole thing from scratch, like you're going to be really hungry for a while. It takes a long time to build up mm-hmm. that book. Um, and so Andy and I have a mutual friend who knew that Andy was looking for an assistant. Um, and I, I got in touch with him. I just said, Hey, I heard you're kind of looking, um, you know, please, when you look at my resume, like I, I took a pay cut to go work with him. Like it was a, a demotion from one bank to the other. But I told him from the get-go, like, this is what I really want to do. I want to be an advisor. I want to do what you do. Like, can you teach me? And he was amazing. Like, from the first day in when I had absolutely no experience, he had no reason to treat me this way. He treated me like a partner from day one. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, introducing me to clients. Hey, this is Hannah. I told you I'm getting a partner. Like, this is her. Um, So he's just taught me the ropes and um, encouraged me to go out and learn other things that don't interest him or that, like... Um, we can complement each other well on. So um, we worked at the bank together for about 14 months and then went out and went down to 19 trackside and hung up our shingle. The uh, the incubator, as Aaron yes. calls it. And now <laughs> now there's a new in- person in the incubator. Yeah. So we uh, I, I went down and looked. I met him the other day. And it's pretty cool. Like when you go in, still using the same desk. So of it's course. like, we got, like, I don't think that desk, one, I don't think you can actually move it out of there because it's I, huge. I'm pretty sure it's bigger than the door. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to, like, you can't even shift it. Like, it must it's have been a, built inside of that. that it had to, yeah. yeah, they had to have assembled. So I remember trying to move it, like physically move it one time. And I mean, just just me alone, I can shimmy. I can I can get it to move, but you're not dragging that thing. It's massive. No. And where's it going to go? It, <laughs> I mean, you can angle it maybe, and, and right. really can't angle. He's in the same spot. I, mean, I don't think it's moved since I left, and that was a, almost two years ago. So, right. um, so did you guys? You moved into that little space. Did you like that space? One, it was very small for two people. It was comical for yeah. sure. So yeah, so for everyone who's listening who doesn't know, 19 trackside used to be the stairwell of the train station. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, there's windows going up. Makes sense. So, yeah. 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 So it was the stairwell. They decided to enclose it and make it into a quote unquote office. And now it's really just like a long hallway with a bathroom. It's a glorified it. office. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when Andy and I moved in, we had one desk, the only desk that fits in mm-hmm. there. And we were sitting on either side of it lengthwise. So it was really, it was honestly just like every day was like a comedy in that office. Is there is there a lip? There is a small lip on one side. Was that your side or his side? You know when you like sit at a desk, you obviously have this, the normal desk. You can yes. slide up to it. If you're on the other side, you can't slide all the way in. So you almost got to like. That le- was my side. So you had to be like I figured as much. So <laughs> you had to be almost like he was side- there first. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you almost have to be like on like turned. Yeah. Or were you able to get up pretty close to the desk? Because um, your knees are definitely hitting. There's like a wood so piece it, there. So it didn't end up being that much of a problem because we both had to have our computers and our keyboards on the desk too so you you couldn't really get too far into the desk no matter what you wanted to do anyway so and you guys are now in your third location in the building yes <laughs> third location and third location in the building you guys are kind of like the yeah you guys are just we're those, never moving out we're you guys are like russian dolls just like yeah, yeah we just keep bigger. jumping around yeah. bigger spot bigger spot um so <laughs> as you guys are bouncing around you guys have always kept the one desk I guess, I don't know, rule or, yeah. or way of doing it. How does that work? Because um, I'm always great. fascinated by this because nobody works in my actual office. I shut mm-hmm. the door. I like it quiet. I like the call, like do my calls with like 
do you guys talk on the phone at the same time? Is it kind of like I got to make a call and you do your typing and or what typing, but sure. non-call stuff? On computer. Yeah. Yeah. So we've always kind of both been wanderers when we're on the phone. And so we'll often take calls on our cell phones when the other person's working at the desk and we'll just wander all around the office and get our steps in for the day. And it, it works out. Sometimes we'll just sit there and talk on the phone and that's fine too. But um, Andy's learned and I've learned the same about him that if we just sit there and talk, the other person is definitely going to listen and interrupt the conversation. <laughs> and so a lot of the times we'll just walk around because otherwise it's like, oh, and Hannah wants to say this too. Like it's So so your clients, you guys share all the clients? We share everyone. Yeah. Yep. So if you have to take the call or Andy, it's not a, just whoever has There's on the call. There's nothing secret. Exactly. Yeah. So sometimes it's actually helpful because instead of having to go back later and say, oh, so-and-so called about this. We already know because we were sitting right there. And um, and you guys find that that just it works. Yeah. You've been doing it. So um, now, because I think the dy- dynamic is really cool, how you have two people that kind of just work on everything. We have, like Nick is my, like Nicole kind of runs the majority of the office, but Nick does most of my um, my stuff. And it's, you know, I was having even a conversation today of just like, being on the same page and and we're still feeling it out. We've been doing it now for seven months. So mm-hmm. you guys have been doing it for what four five years five now. Five years almost. Yeah. yeah. So you guys have hit kind of a cadence where we're still getting the kinks out. Even down to today, I'm like, listen, we just got to like flag an email if you've already like put notes in. Which right. you know it's simple, but it's just saves we an extra step. We still run into operational stuff like that yeah. all the time. And it's funny. It's like, how did I not figure that out in the first seven months? And all yeah. of a sudden, here I am <laughs> saying it, which just crazy. But that's whatever. It's all good. Um, now. Okay, so being a financial planner, like what what is the like normal day for you? Like what's the day in the life of Hannah? Because mm-hmm. I asked Andy this, and I always joke like Andy's one of those guys. He's just like, he just kind of goes in and now and every time I see Andy leaving, I'm just like, oh, done for the day. Like twelve o'clock, <laughs> done for the day. Obviously, he's not. He does a lot of stuff, right. but but like what what is what is uh like what's the normal day for you as a financial planner? Yeah. Um, yeah. So um. You know, there's like the the proactive part of the day and then the reactive part of the day. Um, what I have found is that people want to get a response, just like in most businesses, people want to get a response pretty quickly and then you can kind of um, tell them what to expect in terms of like the actual time to get an answer on something. Oftentimes it's longer. Um, and so for me, I, when I come in, I'm, I'm looking at emails, I'm looking for voicemails to kind of see what's come in overnight. Um looking for anything that I can answer in like two seconds and just have it done and mm-hmm. off of my plate so that there's a shorter to-do list for the day. Um, and then usually I will write down a to-do list. So my to-do list is just names. Like there's not really usually tasks on it. It's just names like, okay, so-and-so needs an answer on this and that, um, and work through that. And then now we're meeting with clients mostly over zoom. I, I miss meeting with people in person and like sitting down, having a cup of coffee with them or going out to eat or whatever. Um, but Zoom meetings are super efficient. And in some ways, it's a lot better because if we want to show them something, it's just right up on the screen. We can really direct their attention in the, the way mm. that we want to. And they're sitting in their home office. And so they can pull in any information they want to. So it's kind of like it's nice to get people at that comfort level. Um, but we'll do, you know, our scheduled meetings throughout the day. And then the rest of the day, um, I'm going through and just working through that to-do list. Usually it's something's changed in a person's life. And so we need to plan for that. Um, or it's just an annual review and we want to make sure that all of our projections are still like up to date and accurate and everything. So when you, 
when you have like you talk about proactive work, like what's your proactive work versus your reactive work? So the proactive work is um, like our annual reviews with people. So either just that it's on the calendar that like once a year we're going to meet with them or we said, hey, we know this event is coming. And so let's get ready for it. Um, I really, really do better. I'm kind of selfish with my time. I've learned about myself. And so I do so much better if there's something that's like on the calendar and I don't just have to respond in the moment to it. And so the more that we can um, kind of control that flow of work and make sure that we're getting in touch with people so that they don't have to think like they're calling us all the time and then we have to react to it, mm-hmm. the happier that I am and usually the happier the clients are too. Now, is, is your proactive, because I do the same thing, proactive, reactive work. My proactive work is I try to do it in the beginning of the day and I try to use my mornings. Um, I get in, do some prep work and then which is usually just going through any papers that I have just kind of thrown together for the next morning. And then it's, um, the initial thing is trying to work on something, what I call on business work, meaning mm-hmm. something that's not in the business, but on the business mm-hmm. to, you know, get us me for better, sure. our company better. Right. Then the proactive work. Is that my fault? I don't know. It's a great ringtone though. It is. This sounds like uh Even on do not disturb, my phone's ringing. I can't get away from it. I'm going to turn it off. It's Andy. It's, it's the ghost of Andy just coming through. No, it's my it's my other man. It's Brad. The, uh, the you, can take, you need to take it. No. Oh, okay. It's like, honey, I'm on a podcast. Yeah. Leave me alone. Um, so, but that the proactive work, meaning, um, so I, I do the work on business. Then proactive is me actively calling the people and reaching out to the people I need to reach out to. And then the the problem is the reactive work is, as you know, like anything that comes in, and that's text calls, voicemails, emails drop-ins I try to push that out to the afternoon responding to those with my appointments in the afternoon Mm -hmm. because then I just kind of let things I get all the stuff I need to get done and then I just put out fires the second half of the day and then I try to take a big just deep breath before I go home and not stress that there's always stuff to be done and rinse and repeat the next day so is it it's hard to leave for the day knowing that there's still stuff to be done and that's a healthy thing like you want there to still be stuff to be done right otherwise what are you doing with your time all day are you good at that separating like the work from home not at all no especially i'm terrible at it yeah i'm really not good at it and especially during covid when it's like there's there's so many times that i in my mind i should be working on business during the day but i've got three kids home with me and someone's got a zoom call and there's laundry to do and whatever and so um no that's one of the things i'm really looking forward to when all this is over is structuring my days much better because it's just you have to do everything, right? Well, yes. And the fact that you're a mother of three doing that, because I'm a father of three. Mm-hmm. And I've said this, a mother of three is way different than a father of three. And the, the amount of stuff that my wife does with the kids, I mean, she stays home with the kids almost every day. But she's but, working too. And she does, well, I mean, yeah. we well, right now she's still kind of in like maternity kind of mode mm-hmm. uh, or um, maternity leave kind of mode because sure. we just had our third kid. But um Beyond that, yeah, she still does massages. You know, most days she usually has at least one or two clients. And then, um, and our kids are three and under. So they're Mm -hmm. all home all day long. That's like a high touch sport at that age. Yes. And it's crazy. (laughs) So, like, when I go home, I I have a hard time going home. And my people that know me just know my mind is always going. And I'm always one of those people, like, I like working on stuff. So Mm -hmm. to me, when I get, it's almost like I can't do it. I'm like, okay. And then, like, I, I have to, like, just, I have a hard time just chilling and, right. and, um, 
and at with three kids, you try to go home and just focus on the kids. And this is always a struggle I have is I do spend I spend time with the kids, but it's like really trying to just block out work and focus with the, on the kids, and that's tough for me to do. Yeah, just because my mind's going. So how does I guess how does being a mom of three how does that translate? Because again, you just, oh, you just feel moms like you are just different. All the time. It's <laughs> really yeah 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 because you can never do enough for your kids. You can mm-hmm. never do enough for the business. So it's. Like constant, you know, even when it wasn't three, even when it was just the two of them and we, even when we didn't have our own business, it was just working. It's just accepting that like some days you're going to feel awesome in one of those areas, but most days it's just, it's not going to feel like enough. And like, there's the old expression, like if you need something done, like ask a busy person to do it. Or sometimes you hear it say like, ask a mom to do it because yeah. most moms are just really busy. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a good answer for that, but I know that it's like, it's important. Right. And so um it's some definitely something when we can go back to counting on kids being in school most days and how old are you kids they are nine nine and ten okay so um i don't know if that's i don't know what the difference is because again i'm I'm talking from like young kids versus you know 10 year olds roughly and um i just find it's kind of like controlled chaos but it's Mm -hmm. just there's always something to do and i was thinking in my head i'm like it, it's very difficult to find time just to like not like work and kids just take up so much time that I'm like, I don't think I valued how much free time I had before oh I had God. kids. I know. And now I think about it cause I always, you know, we'll have kids that come in or people that come in and don't have kids. I'm like, if you do not have kids, don't tell me you don't have time for something because exactly. like, if I, if I can make time for a lot of stuff and I'm sure you make time for a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you throw on kids in the mix. Like that just adds like, that's not just like an hour or two here and there. That's all your time. If you're not like away from them, it's all your time. Mm-hmm. And because then you have that parenting. Um, I don't even know what it's called that. Just when you're on, but you're like, you just always know where the, you're just awareness, like a parenting the awareness. in the back of your head. Yeah. But you just like, feel you really it. You like, can't relax unless they're definitely sleeping. Or sleeping or sleeping with somebody, like with one of our grandparents, right. like the grandparents are over and they're with them yep. or you're just not in the same building as them. Yeah. Like right now, I'm not, I'm not like waiting for my kids. If my kids were here. I would just be constantly like looking, what What's are they doing? Yeah. And I just find like, you're so mentally. Who's got scissors ex- in their hands? Oh, geez. Yeah. I'm just like mentally exhausted by the time you go to bed. Like, like by the time they go to bed, I'm like, I would love to do stuff for work. I'm just so fried. My brain right. is done. And so do you work out of, you're working out of the office though most days, right? Or do you still? Yeah. So I'm working out of the office um, during the months of December and January. You might have noticed that I had a very young assistant with me most days. So okay. oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. son was coming in with me most days um, then. But yeah, I've been able to work out of the office since June when camp started up for the summer. So you, you can, the kids do get away a little bit from you and you get some yes. reprieve. That's what I'm always They're saying. So there's, there's, yeah. there's hope, right? There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so... How do you um, stay up to date with everything? Because you talk about the stock market game, which we played in school, which was addicting. Yeah. And I, now I look at all these people doing like day trading and I'm like, I think I would have been way too in. I can't get into it because mm-hmm. I know I'd get into it. So right. I just stay away, stay out of it. But um, how do you stay up to ta- up to like organized with everything? Because like finance is just a world that changes, literally could change within the minute. It does. Um, so that's one of the the ways that I'm really fortunate to be Andy's partner because he's like human Twitter. Like I don't have Twitter. I don't need Twitter. I've got Andy. So he completely speaking of a guy that can't sit still. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so um, that is one way that I keep up to date is just, you know, he's he's my human uh, news feed. Um, but I do also, I, uh, I'm i a big podcast listener. And so um, I'll listen to like the NPR newscast in the morning on my way in. And um, I'm a scroller throughout the day. So I kind of keep, keep track of everything. But um, we've really set up our business. And I would say... There are some clients that I take the lead on more than Andy and vice versa, for sure, Um, especially when I'm the one taking the lead on it. I just I don't like to be in that reactive space. And so um, with all of our clients, we work really hard on setting things up so that it's not as much reactive. Like you we get questions all the time. Oh, this going on, you must be so busy or people must be freaking out or whatever. Not really, because we set things up in such a way that short term money is invested for the short term, long term money is invested for the long term. And when that's the case, you don't have to be in the moment panicking. We're not day traders. We don't have to be as reactive. Well, I mean, again, financing, I always just look at it like, I, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm 31 now. So I'm like, I, the time I actually have to tap into that, I'm going to be mm-hmm. t- over twice the, the age I'm actually am. So yeah. I never really get into it. The day trading, like the day, the, like when GameStop, that whole thing, I'm like, besides the fact that multiple people told me about it. Mm-hmm. I had no clue what it was. Sure. And I'm like, I, I said, cause I don't follow the stock market. I probably should. It's like current events. I probably should. I just don't. I'm in my bubble. I have like between work and kids, I have too if much it brings focus. You joy. You should, if not like focus it, on your work well, and your kids. I'm sure I could get a slight competitive advantage or a knowledge base if I looked at it, but I'm like the, the amount of stuff going on in my life that is not even close to my top priorities. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big, you hire some, I put trust in someone as a professional and I say, you know what, I'm going to, I just trust you. I don't want to deal with it. You deal with it. I'm mm-hmm. paying you to deal with it. Sure. And I don't want to get my, I don't want to, I hate micromanaging. Yeah. And I think the girls here know that too. Like I'll, I'll say stuff, but I'm like, just figure it out. <laughs> like bring it to me when it's kind of done. Cause I, I, I can make decisions, but I don't like having to like, cause I can, I do. And I get into a habit of doing that. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like the less I have to like focus on stuff, the better. Yeah. And you got to trust people. Like when you hire on someone, you hire them on because you trust that they're going to do a good job. Like yeah. you, Andy tr- hired you on trusting that you would be able to grow into whatever role that you needed to grow into. Mm-hmm. So I find that day trading is not one of my top things and I'm paying and I, to be honest, like finance people, I don't want you to be a day trader. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It's so volatile. Um, what's your thoughts on that though? Because this is kind of a big buzzword topic. I would say lately, especially mm-hmm. 2020 and beyond, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, sure. I it mean, probably started way before that too. It did start way before that, but there are two things that are kind of unique right now that didn't happen before. One of them was that the government was sending people, quote unquote, free money. Mm-hmm. You know, So all of a sudden you have an extra $600 that you weren't expecting. You might decide that you want to invest in some stocks. Um, and then there were just so many people home that had the time to do it. You're bored and it's like another form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like, what do I think on that? So, um, two things. One of them is that investing is one of the few, uh, pursuits that you can have in this life where the more that you work at it, the worse you can do. Mm -hmm. You think of like anything else that you want to become good at. And Mm -hmm. like, it's just more time, right? They talk about like the 10,000 hour rule. The more that you do it, the better you get. It's like, we tell our kids all the time, just practice, practice, practice. You're going to get better just by spending time doing it. Investing is not like that. You can, you can do much worse by spending more time on it. Um, Vanguard went out and did a study because they obviously a huge provider 
um, of retirement plans. And they wanted to know like what makes people successful in their retirement plans. And they found that there were two different indicators that said like, yeah, this person's going to rock it with their retirement. Um, the first one was if the person was dead. So (laughs) so there you go. Dead people are great investors because they leave things alone. Um, And that's not to say you should always leave your portfolio alone. Like there's definitely times when you should make changes and take action. But just if we're talking about like how often should you go in and manage it? um, The other indicator was people who are locked out of their accounts. So (laughs) if you had no access to your account, then you did great. Um, And so it's, People feel like is the more that they do, they should know. They, you know, people come to us all the time feeling guilty they don't know more about mm-hmm. it. It's just not one of those fields of life where you will always be more successful for knowing more. There's certain types of education that really help you, and um, I look at financial literacy as very different from being very in tune with what's going on with the stock market on a day to day basis. Well, I think what you said that you you can do ten thousand hours of you know financing or learning about financial planning and still have no control over it. Mm-hmm. And it's, the thing with real estate is a little more tangible because mm-hmm. stocks can, they can ebb and flow within seconds. It's all right. on paper. So it's, you know, a house will take years in the process. I mean, the process to trade could be what, within a couple of minutes, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to drop and grab stuff. Seconds. Seconds. I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah. So I didn't know if there was like a, a, a lag or anything. So if, um, this is back in the stock market game. I'll tell you how we ended up hacking that system. So we, end, but uh, like real estate, it takes a long time to close. So mm-hmm. it's like you're talking. It could take two months to close, or a month to close, or three months to close. Um, and the thing with like you're still in, you're still getting better. So I think like the ten thousand hour rule in your business, and I think a lot like my business is that you. I know most of the stuff that I need to know in real estate. Mm-hmm. You know most of the stuff you need to know in financing. Mm-hmm. We're both odd professionals in the sense that we're both in our early thirties, but have been in our careers for over a decade. Sure. And that's, you know, a lot of people don't have that, especially in the, I think the fields that we're in. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as like, I really know probably 95 plus percent of what I probably am ever going to learn just real estate. Sure. The extra layer on that is, you know, trying to learn the, I guess kind of like how people tick with certain scenarios mm-hmm. and, you know, psychology factors bigger and are both, you know, if you're dealing with Huge, people, yeah. psych is like even greater than what you actually are, are, you know, in business of. But, mm-hmm. um, the whole idea is we've learned that, but I guess the knowledge allows us to take anything that might, like you said, a kind of a bump in the road or maybe a transactional thing you've seen it and you're going to be that much more prepared for it, but mm-hmm. you have no control over the outcome. Yeah. So it's kind of like me when I look at the you know, 2007, I wasn't part of the recession part of real estate. I got in right after that. Uh, but now I'm looking at it. We're riding this wave and it's like the stock market. It's going to go down at some point. How can we now set ourselves up knowing that that's a possibility? We don't know when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We thought it was going to happen this year with coronavirus. It didn't. It right. even got stronger. Right. But, you know, I'm kind of prepping, really kind of looking at probably the next five years. I, I would think something's going to have a little bit of a dip and mm-hmm. just seeing are we prepared from a company standpoint, from me, a knowledge standpoint to kind of see it head on or see it ahead of time and, and nail it head on before it becomes a problem. And what is, like lemonade is there to be made out of that situation, right? Because yeah. in, in any business environment, there's always going to be opportunities. We um, thought that this was going to be the year that all of a sudden, like we really did have a, a real um, market event that was lasting. And you can look at a chart, you know, pull it up. The, the market went down and then it went back stronger than it ever has all time highs. And so, 
Um, you just never know what's coming around the corner. And like you said, you can't control any of that, but what you can control is your reputation, your relationships, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that your referral network is really strong. And I just, that's what I focus on. I focus on things that I have some control over because it just, it brings me no happiness to be worried about what's going to happen in this big market that you're just a, a little fish in, a, a, in an ocean, right? Yeah. I think the, when I say like, um, like reacting to, I'm good at, I react to stuff, but I, I, I'm prepared for it and then I react to it. So it's not one where I don't get, like you said, I don't dwell on it. I don't get worried about it. I don't stress about it. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm very much, I take things at face value. Like, okay, this is the way it is. How can I adapt? What's my mindset? What's my, my, uh, what's my reaction to that? And I can choose to take that reaction however I want. Sure. And, um, yeah, I, I find that real, real, at least from the real estate business, I never get stressed because at most I would say 99% of things in real estate, there's a solution for. Sure. And there probably is 100% to be honest. But yeah. most of the- <laughs> You might not like the solution, but yeah. there is a solution. Yeah, there's always there's always a solution. Sometimes it's the lesser of two evils and mm-hmm. you got to kind of cut your losses. But I, I find that the hardest part of real estate is when people who are not someone that can have a level head and someone that can look at stuff very- Like I've had some clients- not very good scenarios. Obviously, they're picking the lesser of two evils, mm-hmm. but they look at it as okay. I realize I have haven't been dealt the best hand, but let's let's lose the least amount of money. Let's lose the least amount of time. And there's other people that scream and yell and make whatever you just had worse, miserable. And then all of a sudden, those two those two I or uh, those two things we had as options now become two more even worse options. Right. And I'm like just like. Please just listen to us. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's, it's again, we do this. I mean, I know like we spend eight, 10, 12 hours a day knowing, I mean, I'm saying what people probably think we work here versus what our mind's actually doing. Oh my gosh. Our right. mind, maybe 16 Always hours going. a day. Yeah. Like, I think I don't shut off like thinking about it. If I'm doing that every single day and you're selling a house and you haven't sold a house ever or mm-hmm. in the last 10 years, how do you know more than I do? Right. And like you There's guys no financing, like, I wouldn't, like I would never go tell you guys what to do in your job. I'm like, I don't like, I don't know. I saw this GameStop thing. That's pretty cool, right? And you're like, listen, Galen, sit down. Like, relax. Well, and what's funny is that, I mean, Andy and I are both young. So I'm 32. Andy's almost 42 next week, I think. Um, but and to be on the record, Andy's way older than us, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> the old man around the building. Um, but when we go and sit down with people, often they're like right on retirement doorstep. And so we're often working with people who are a generation older than us, but we have like 500 families retiring as our experience, you mm-hmm. know, they're doing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so it's less often lately that we have to kind of explain that to people, like why we might have more perspective on this as, you know, fresh faced young professionals, um, than they do. But it, experience is experience, right? It's, it's really not about how old you are. So, so actually I want to go back to when we, before we came on the air, you said, what was something to, you can tell everybody? What what did you do prior when you first got in the business to make yourself appear more <laughs> m- more aged? I should say. So yeah, so on like my my professional stuff, I always still write Hannah C. Provost, um, just because I thought that it, it added a couple years to me. I don't know. There's not there weren't a lot of twenty year olds running around with their middle initial in their business. So you card. said you're how old right now? Thirty two. Okay, so yeah, I'm 31, so 32. Mm-hmm. And again, you don't look like I don't think we look that old. Oh my gosh, I get called a baby all the time. Yeah. yeah. So it, and it and it's funny. So when I came in, I I came in the month I turned 21 was when I started, or the month after. And 
I had no facial hair, mm-hmm. which was a problem. I looked really young. <laughs> I looked 15. And then I remember coming in and thinking like I had to wear like a shirt and tie. And now granted, like real estate's a little different than finance. I mean, I know like, you know, banking world is still very suits and ties and stuff. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I look like this and I have an appointment later, which I'll probably take this off. But other than that, I have like a, just a plain t-shirt on. And that's like just how I roll because I look at it as I've gotten older People don't really care as much what you look like sure. if yeah. they think you know what you're doing. Yeah. So now that I'm like, people know that I know what I'm doing, like 10 years ago, I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah. I had to like <laughs> look a little more presentable. Like, I'm just like, I can't win both of them. So let yeah. me just try to win one of them. <laughs> so um, was there anything else that you tried to do to, to hide it? Because I find I mean, that age when you first get in can be a problem. Yeah, age, it takes a while to wear off. And that's one of the reasons why it was so appealing to go work with Andy is that I didn't have to go out and try to pitch myself as like, hey, I'm 25, you want me to manage all your money? Like, that that usually doesn't work very well. Um, so coming into the business as somebody's understudy or apprentice or whatever you want to call it, um, I didn't really have to prove myself. I came in as the assistant. Um, people got to know me that way. And by the time that I'd been in the business a while, they knew I had the experience because they'd watched me get it. So it um, it's worked out really well. And at this point I, I very rarely encounter people saying like, Oh, you look too young to do the job. So I've grown out of it. So I think that it's all the gray hairs I got from it's probably <laughs> being more kids. with the kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not the business that gave me the gray hairs. It's <laughs> definitely the kids. <laughs> the, um, yeah, I would agree. I haven't had that in, in years, probably, mm-hmm. probably six or seven years. The last time I had someone say like, you look too young. Um, now speaking of young, speaking of networking, you were big into Adirondack Young Professionals. Yeah. You were the president at one point. At one point. Were you, you were not a founding member though, right? No. Okay. No. So when I um, first started back in like 2012, there were still some founding members around for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but they, the first, you, you'll appreciate this. So like ADKYP is this organization that's always going to be changing, always going to be looking different. And it's kind of almost like year one, it seems like. Um, just because of the nature of who comes through. And I think it serves such an important, it's great that it's that way. Mm-hmm. It has to be that way, right? Because that's what's preparing you to walk into um, other positions where it's way more established. So it's kind of cool that you get to reinvent it and build it every new board that you have. Um, but the first meeting that I walked into, um, Jared and Debbie were there. That's how I met mm-hmm. them. Um, and there were some other people who I won't name. And everyone was having a huge blow up. It was like the board was falling apart. And it was like, welcome. Like, welcome to the club. And <laughs> I think it was probably th- three to four years that I was involved with ADKYP. And it was um, just such a masterclass on how to work with people who do not report to you, who you, you want to get their respect. You need to get work done together. Um, you're all kind of trying to prove yourself at the same time um, and figure out like what's the professional thing to do in this situation. Um, it was just, it was an awesome experience and I'm so glad that I got to have it. Yeah. So it's, it's, I absolutely love the group. The a couple of things, like you said, it, one, it's the perfect position to get people to grow into, um, you know, more established members or, or business people in the area or just young professionals. But it's, uh, like you said, it's very difficult and having known the last handful of presidents very well, you know, from Ryan to Matt to Meg, it's, you can see the struggle of the participation. Mm-hmm. You can see the struggle of people that show up, but don't do anything, which yeah. I'm a big, I'm a really big proponent of if I'm going to be on the board of something, 
I'm going to be involved on it. So Do it I've or t- don't, right? So I've turned down multiple board positions just because between business and kids, I can't, I know I'm just going to be there. And if I'm just sitting there at the table, taking up space and being mm-hmm. a vote, but not actually doing anything to me, a board is a leadership. You're, right. you're there to lead the membership or the group of people. And, and to do that, I'm always, you got to lead by example. So if I want people to act a certain way, I have to handle myself that way. So that's the same thing. So I look at 80 KYP, the mission statement's great. The people involved are great. The problem is just getting everybody on the same page because it's hard for 20 something year olds to do it when 20 something year olds are, they have, they're so crazy in life in the sense they don't know what they're doing because twenties are tough. Yeah. Twenties. I think I love my twenties. It was fun. I grew a lot, but my 20 to 25, my 25 to 30 were completely different people. Mm -hmm. And then I look at now at 30, I've been married for a handful of years. I have three kids. I have a house. I've like have a company, like company, like there's not much that's probably going to change for the foreseeable future. And if you told me at 20, I'm like, I have no clue what I'm going to do. Now I'm saying that I'm like, I kind of know what I'm going to do the next 30, 40 years. Sure. And I think that's the hardest thing about young people in their twenties trying to get all on the same page because they're not on the same page with themselves usually <laughs> at that point. So I just didn't like, now was that a big, like, uh, when you came over, was that a good introduction? Like who introduced you to that? Was it Glens Falls? I believe that it was Glens Falls. Um, yeah, they, Gave me half a dozen different ways to get involved with the community, which I'm so grateful for. Um, they were the ones that introduced me to the United Way. Um, they, I can't even remember all the other boards that I've, I've been on. Just in the short time I've been here, I've only been here nine years. Um, and yeah, I think that's what's so great about ADKYP is that it's hard. I think that if it's not hard, then it's not doing its job. Yeah, it's making you grow. Mm-hmm. And and the good thing is you make, meet a lot of people. You meet a ton S- of some people. Some of my best friends are I've met in that group. And yeah. You meet them as like business associates like once a month and now they just turn into the people I talk to almost every day. (laughs) And um, so um, United Way of the Adirondacks, are you on the board of that? I actually was just voted onto the board like last week. Oh, really? Yeah. Congrats. So I'm a board member who hasn't been to a meeting yet. I can't answer any questions for you about the board. That's fine. (laughs) No, I was just saying from, so you've been supporting that for a while? Yeah, that was... um, that's kind of a long story. So um, several years ago at one of the women's events that they had for the chamber, there was a speaker there who talked about like if you, you know, it's kind of like an old concept, but like if you want to show people that you're ready for something in your career, like go out and volunteer to do it. Like you have to actually get the experience. And so I was at that place where I knew that I wanted to be an advisor. And so I was thinking like, how do I um, add some more financial acumen under my belt? And, um, the United way has what's called their allocation committee. And so it's a group of community members who get together after the campaign is over. Um, they look over the financial statements of all the organizations that are partner agencies and the grant proposals, and then they duke it out and try to figure out who's, who's going to get the money. Um, so that was my introduction to the United way. Um, it was really just trying to get experience, but I think that's like the best introduction because you're seeing, first of all, how much need there is in this community, Mm -hmm. how many people are helped by all these different organizations and the different unique ways that that people have found to help each other is just really, really inspiring. Um, And so that, yeah, that was my way in. And then since then I joined the campaign team. Um, I was the campaign chair two years ago and now I'm joining the board and John Bernardi, if you're listening, like, I don't know what else you can ask me to do at this point. This is, this is it. So 
He's completely, completely polished you too. Yeah, like <laughs> that's all I got. The board, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, you know, like I said, I've, I've mentioned it before. Um, I'll, I'll try to reach out to them and get someone from the pot from there on the podcast. Cause I, I think it's someone's uh, a local voice that I think we should get out more yeah, and stuff. Absolutely. And, um, and that's why, like I said, we've done the golf tournament every year that just kind of so ends up cool. giving money to them. It's fun. Yeah, like just, it's wonderful. It's, it's a bunch of guys just having fun. Andy was supposed to play in it. And then Andy, Andy was the first commit and then yeah. also the first bail. Perfect. So it was kind of like, I think he did it all in the same afternoon. He's like, I'm in. And he goes, yeah. I'm out. I'm like, I didn't even have time to put you on the registry. Right. So um, also um, Clinton County foster care program. Mm-hmm. You're active with them. Now, are you a member of the board there? Or are you, what do you do with that uh, group? So Brad and I we're foster parents. Um, mm-hmm. so we, um, you know, after we got married, we tried having kids. It didn't work out naturally. And so we said, let's try foster care and see what happens. Neither of us knew very much about it really. Um, but right here on Durkee street, they'll, they run classes or 10 weeks long and, um, there's no commitment. And so we're like, okay, well we can just see, see what it is and figure out whether it's something that would make sense for us or not. And of course, by like the first class, we were totally hooked. We're like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Um, so we became foster parents. We, we wanted to do it to grow our family, but we've also, um, you know, we, we've had lots of different experiences over the years. So the very first call that we ever got for kids was our daughters. Um, they called us and said, you know, we've got these two girls They're We're going to drop them off to you later today. And we said, okay, great. We, you know, wow. Totally shocked. We had never, you know, we have a nephew who's, um, He's a teenager now, but at the time he was a kid. And so that was kind of our only experience really with kids. There's, you know, I have a cousin who's around the same age. Um, so they dropped off these two. Well, that first day they didn't drop them off. Of course they, they called and said, we're dropping them off. And then they called back and said, just kidding. Maybe it'll be next Wednesday. Um, so we waited for like two months for them to go through the court system. And then finally one day they were like, okay, today's actually the day. So they dropped off these two little girls, um, my daughter Athena was 17 months old and Ayana was three and a half. Wow. Yeah. So that was, um, that was our first foray into parenting and we're really, really fortunate that, um, we were able to adopt them two years later. Okay. And then, um, since then we have had a couple of kiddos that we've really just been foster parents for. Um, one family where we took the kids every weekend for like six months just to kind of ease things at home. Um, a kid that came to us in the middle, literally the middle of the night, we got a call at like 3 a.m. saying, hey, we found this kid wandering around. Can you take him? And we're like, sure. Um, they didn't know his name or his age or anything. He was just wandering around in the streets. It ended up that he was from a perfectly fine family. He had just gotten out of the house in the middle of the night. Um, so there's young kid. Yeah. Um, he was like five, we found out later, but he was nonverbal. Um, so yeah, so we've, but he got reunited with his family. Yeah. That same day. So yeah. So he, yeah, he, um, was with us for like four hours or something like that. Um, so yeah, we've run into all kinds of different situations and, um, we adopted our girls. Uh, we, knew that we wanted to have just one more. And, um, Brian was on, um, like the state photo listing service. He was available for adoption. They just couldn't find a home for him. Um, and so we got in touch with them and asked about Brian and now Brian's ours too. And we're done. That's <laughs> three is enough. <laughs> so, so you said ten nine nine. 
Yeah. Age wise. So yeah. when did Brian later? So yeah. So when we say that it's like, Oh, you've got twins. It's like, no, kind of like the opposite. Like we had, um, our girls for about five years before Brian came to live with us. Um, and so he's only been with us about two and a half years now. Now, when you went to fo- be a foster parent, did you have the intention of adopting anybody or is that? Yeah, oh. that was kind of, we were, we we're open to it for sure. Um, we still didn't really know like how we were going to build our family, but it was definitely one of the possibilities. Um, cause I always think about having been a, like being a, or having been, having be, am being <laughs> a parent still on the hook. and yeah, I'm yeah. still on the hook. Um, <laughs> So being a parent, I look at like the different thing with a child that you experience versus us. And I always tell people that are having their first kids, it's crazy because you now are, your life's changed. Mm -hmm. But I said, the difference is you got to think that the baby coming home with you is an infant baby. And I mean, they cry, they sleep, but like they're not running around. They're mm-hmm. not talking. They're not grabbing anything. They're basically, they're either in your arms or in wherever they sleep. With a monitor, right. With it's a like, monitor. <laughs> and there, but there's not, there's not that like, that looking that I have now with toddlers. Like it's, they're there. They're in mm-hmm. a swing. They're, you can still do stuff. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I find that babies, there's work, but they ease you into parenting because there's not, like you said, you have a couple sleepless nights, you have a couple like trying to figure them out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then eventually I'd say, I mean, we were lucky and I would say probably in a couple of weeks they started to adapt a little bit. And, um, but you get to see that from the very beginning, you getting my daughter's, I think 20 months old. So, you know, if you're getting tossed a 17 month right. old and she's like, that's a different experience. That's yeah. like <laughs> yesterday we were literally just sitting there watching TV, hanging out. And now we're like, it's a fight. Like it's like fire alarms are going off and exactly. we're like, what the heck's going on? Yeah. So how was that jolt to the system? I guess where you go from like literally like watching Netflix and hanging yeah. out to all of a sudden, I don't know if Netflix around then, but sure. Ne- you know, you're sitting there watching TV to the next day you have these two girls kind of one yeah. definitely running around and one's probably at least crawling they or walking were both mobile for sure and um i had an anxiety attack for a whole week i think <laughs> finally like they came on a wednesday and by saturday it was like it, it was it, just a huge shock you know you just don't you don't want to do anything wrong you don't know what they need um my daughter Ayana was verbal, but Athena wasn't yet. And mm-hmm. so it's like, I, I don't know what you, what do you want? And you're also thinking through like, what have they been through? Like what, what's going through their mind? This, you know, if it's scary for you, it's like way scarier for the kids. Right. Um, yeah. So by, we got them on a Wednesday and by Saturday, Brad was like, uh, just so you know, your mom's coming from Florida. She thinks you need her. <laughs> like, I do. <laughs> I need my oh, mom. Man. Like I didn't know what to do, but, um, yeah, after after the first week, it was just it just rolls into normal, right? You, whatever the new normal is, you kind of adapt to it. So and now it's just that's day, that's like yeah. life. Yeah, it's like every day is just chaos. Yeah. yeah, and and it like I said, it, it's fun. And when you talk about like your mother coming up, there's definitely a benefit of the grandparents being around. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we never moved out of the area. It's because sure. we wanted kids, and like both our families live at least part of the year here. Um, mm-hmm. They go to Florida here and there too. But um, it's just nice when you have even just a little bit of a reprieve to have an extra set of eyes just yeah. because it's that like crazy. It's like even just to go to the bathroom or yeah. take a shower <laughs> or I know like on weekends, Gina's like, 
do you, I, I just need to take a shower. I'm like, that's fine. Just go. Like, go sure. take a shower. I got him. And like, but I you three don't kids. feel like you can like break away from the chaos. It, it's, sometimes. it's crazy. And, and, yeah. and when you talk about, um, it's chaos, but I always have the guilt trip of like, when I go home tonight, like I actually put it in my phone. Cause last night I didn't hang out with the kid. I was home, but like I was doing stuff and I didn't really get to hang out with the kids. And mm-hmm. I kind of, and of course, as you get older, you get like, and have kids, like you become a softy and I'm sure. sitting there and like, I'm just, there's a couple times yesterday and I like thought, I literally sat there for like probably a few minutes saying thought about it because you're always trying to be a better parent. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's something you're always like, I like being better at business or if I was playing sports, I want to be better at sports. Like now you're a parent, like, God, what can I do? And I literally sat there and I was like, my son did a couple things yesterday and he's a great kid, but he's three years old. He does stuff that you're like, let's do everything's like, interesting. Yeah. I'm like, you. dude, yeah. Li- like, listen, man, you can't, you can't do that. We've yeah. already told you not to. So there's a couple times I had to like multiple times telling him not to do something. He was doing it. So you had to be a little more stern on the third one. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden he like starts freaking out. And I remember sitting there thinking today, it was a couple hours ago. I'm like, if I was three and here's this little guy that he just is having fun he wants to spend time with dad because mm-hmm. dad's like his favorite person on earth. Right. And again, I'm doing a million things and I got to put in perspective of then when I get upset at him, here is this little guy basically being told by his idol, you know, that, Captain you know, which your parent, saying to him, p- parent, right? <laughs> parent, that you're doing something wrong or I disapprove of you. And then for him to feel disappointed or scared of that, which I, I got to get like, part of me is I'm good. I have, I have patience on stuff. But there's certain times that it's it's like over and over again. And mm-hmm. of course, I'm human. You know, right, you have stresses and it's like you do it. Like, and then you try to go back and say, buddy, I'm sorry. Like here, mm-hmm. let's just. And I try. So I, I literally put down my phone. Like, I think I'm going to be home about six tonight. I said, just play with crew. Like I yeah. literally put in my phone, put your phone away. I'm just mm-hmm. going to sit down and I don't care. And I like I got to just block out everything for a couple hours and just play whatever he wants to play mm-hmm. and just make him giggle and have fun. And um, it's tough. Like parenting is a is the toughest like job you'll ever have. It is because there's also that part of your brain. That's like, well, if I don't discipline him, who's going to. mm -hmm. So like sometimes things feel like more of an emergency than they really are. Um, but also like sometimes I think that we as parents are so much harder on ourselves than our kids are, you know, like they, they, he forgave you right away. Yeah, I'm and sure it's, of it. I'm hundred oh, percent. It's just, but it's like, the, <laughs> and you're still thinking about it. It's a thing in my head though. I'm like, God, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. But like, come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. let's just like not, and you know, you're trying to, you're trying to factor like everything that they do. And then there's times like on the weekend, I, I don't do anything on the weekend. I try to like, just hang out with the kids. A perfect weekend for me is not leaving my, like, I'd want to get home on a Friday night and leave Monday morning. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to leave. So I hang out with the kids, but there's times where I'm like, I got to do stuff on the weekends and I get that guilt trip of like, I'm not spending time with them, but I'm like, but I have to also I, like, I can't just punt other stuff I have to do. Sure. So that becomes like an internal struggle for me is, am I doing enough with the kids am i doing not enough here am i doing too much there and then it's it's ever end in a balance is just like this thing that someone said we should have and i don't think it exists no. i really don't there no. are going to be seasons and like i said earlier like there are going to be seasons where you feel like you're doing really really great as a parent or really great in business they usually aren't going to come together and sometimes you're just going to feel like a failure in both and that's that's okay because that's what drives you to try to do better. Do, do you have you grown out of that? Because you've got, I'm, I'm saying from a 17 month and a three year old to nine and 10. Mm-hmm. So you got basically eight years, nine years, or whatever that is. Um, have you found that that has changed a lot or do you still struggle with? 
oh, attention and yeah. Do the, I mean, do the kids now not care that you're around as much as they do when they're younger? Yeah, there is definitely some of that. Um, this year, they all got issued Chromebooks at school, mm-hmm. and so there's there's like a lot more YouTube in my house than I would like to admit for sure. Um, so they're not as dependent on my attention as much as they were when they were tiny. Um, but also just like the quality of the time you can spend together now changes because I didn't have to change anyone's diapers today. I didn't have to fill any bottles. I didn't have to buckle anyone into the car. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it is nice as they're kind of like in that sweet spot right now where they still like think that me and Brad are kind of cool and they like want to hang out with us a little bit. You get a few more years, right? (laughs) Yeah. But I'm not like literally wiping anyone's butt. So it's like a really nice uh, sweet spot. Well, I think even at that age, you can sit down and play like a board game or card games Mm -hmm. or do something with them. So you're spending time where I find now it's, it's like you have stuff to do and they don't understand that. And then when you go play with them, you play with them, but it's like wake up every morning. He's like, daddy, you gonna play with me? And I'm like, buddy i gotta go like i'm getting you ready i, gotta, I literally gotta go out the door playing ga- like kids games like I, <laughs> like yeah. you would you would sit down and no i hate it i hate oh, it like i'll I, I love playing board now that they're older like yeah. i love playing board games i love let's read together let's do this like we kind of have some things that were we have mutual interests where i can really get into it with them yeah but when they were little and they wanted to play like barbies and, and they still play that stuff on their own yeah but they know mom's not playing with them <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, that's the that's the thing. It's like I always get that guilt trip. Like you want to play cars. I'm like, yeah. Which playing cars means I basically lay on the ground and he pulls cars out and he just runs around the track and mm-hmm. I'll just kind of move some stuff around. He's, I mean, you're not really doing much, but I I look at it as not not necessarily me playing cars. The fact that I'm just laying down the floor next to him because exactly. to me it's like dad's there. So like, yeah. Like, am I gonna throw on like a sports game while it's on so that I kind of listen as I'm playing? Yeah. Like, sure. it's, I'm not just gonna sit there like. And just watch him move cars around. But, you know, then he asks you questions. And now he's in the mode of just like constantly, like he's Mr. Chatterbox. Like Mm -hmm. he just never stops talking and asks questions and just says stuff. And like, he's hilarious. Like some of the stuff he says, but then sometimes like, dude, I just stop talking, man. I just like, you haven't stopped. That was last night. I was just like, got home. I had like just a bunch of stuff on my mind. And he's just talking, talking, talking. And that's part of the, like I said, that what made me rethink what I did last night of just like, okay, you got to just let him. Talk it's your ear get off better and... for you too as your other kids get older because mm-hmm. that's, that's some of the beauty of having three, right? Yeah. Is that they kind of travel in a pack and they can entertain each other, even if it's fighting. Like, okay, that's fine. You guys go fight. I'm gonna. <laughs> you just let them like wander to the other room and it gets pantry. It literally gets quiet. And I'm to the point now where I'm like, I'm not even gonna check on them. Well, nope. if one of them starts crying, we'll step in. Yeah, but just whatever, whatever. It is, we'll pick it up. Yeah. If there's magic eraser for the walls. It's fine. Yeah. So yes, exactly. So um, <laughs> now, how do you stay organized? Uh, poorly, probably (laughs) (laughs) not as well as I should. Um, I am very much like a, I keep a lot up in my head. I do have to-do lists that I keep going just so I don't, um, completely let anything drop off the face of the earth. But this is where my husband and I are totally different. Cause if I put something down, I know exactly where it is. It doesn't have to be like in the same spot every time. I just have that kind of memory where mm-hmm. I know where I put it. So it's not a big deal. Um, that drives other people around me crazy. So <laughs> my organization method is mostly trying not to interfere with other people's organization methods. Okay. <laughs> so is that both home and work? Or are you very... For sure. Yeah. Is if, your... if you go at my... I'm working out of my conference room today because my desk got too messy. I was going to ask. <laughs> so your desk is messy. Yeah. So I look at my desk. I actually have on my to-do list to clean my desk off. Like today as what one of my goals. What are you going to clean off? Huh? 
there's nothing to clean off. See, that's what people say. And yeah. I'm like, I look at my desk. I'm like, it, it's, it's a mess. Like, I, and I know this, is, but this is my I thing. I disagree. But this is my thing. Like when I, I don't like cluttered desks because mm-hmm. I'm just one, I like very minimal stuff on my desk. So when I look in some of the stuff, see, I got like a sweatshirt thing there. I got a couple boards I got to bring home. One's like this drone kit that I just haven't put together. Or mm-hmm. say drone kit, but I just haven't actually, that's like, a, that's over a month old. I haven't even flown it once yet. Five nice. weeks from Christmas. But yeah. I'm just saying like, I don't have any time to like put this thing to like test it out. Um, but I look at that like a perfect day for me is my phone on a charger, my computer, like like one or two items next to me that I'm working on. Oh, that's my perfect day too. It just doesn't happen. Well, that, that, that's what I usually my desk looks. This is the this is the most cluttered my desk has been probably in like three months. I'm jealous. And well, I just that's why I always <laughs> ask people. I'm like, how does? Because I know some people are very or they have nothing on their desk, and then I look like even the girls here. I'm like, I, I don't even know how you you have too much stuff on your desk. Like I just don't <laughs> like I just go in, do my thing, and leave. I'm like, I gotta. Yeah, I just like a clean. I think was it a clean. Was it a clean desk or a clean mind or a crazy or whatever? There's a term talking sure. about like a lot of stuff on your desk is like a, a lot of stuff on your mind. Cluttered desk is a cluttered mind. Is that what it is? Like that. I think it's probably true too. Maybe, but I think some people like that they thrive on that. And I'm just one, I'm like, I get distracted by stuff on my desk. Mm-hmm. So I just need a flat desk with nothing on it. So I can, yeah. that's what it is. It's more distraction than anything. Um, so there, I was going to ask any organizational hacks, but you don't really have one. Or do no, you? if you can share any with me, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I try. I have methods that I use and then I tweak them every year. So yeah. I don't really have, I have yet to find a method that I'm like, dude, this is bulletproof. The, you know, that hasn't happened. Um, and I was going to go work hacks, but like anything. So this year, um, it's been really nice. Like I said, having the technology and having um, Zoom meetings and things like that. I have tried to automate anything that I can because I just, I don't like getting caught up in the day-to-day stuff. And so... Um, like we have scheduling software where people can just go in and schedule it directly to my calendar so that I don't have to be in the in-between of, Hey, I gave this person three dates and then they took four days to get back to me. And now those dates are full, things like that. Um, so we do have like a, a lot of technology behind us so that we don't forget to do things. We have workflows that we work from. Um, yeah, I, I, I try to, and I need to continue getting better at this. This is definitely room for improvement for me. Um, but I try to automate anything or delegate anything that doesn't have to be something that's, that I'm personally doing. And who do you delegate to? Um, usually Connor. Our, okay. Yeah. Connor, Connor's great. Or Connor. Yeah. We'll call him friend of the show. He always, he always <laughs> I don't know if he listens to these, but he likes them on social media. Oh, so. there you go. Yeah. No, I like Connor. So, um, is Connor with you guys most days? He's back now. Yeah. He was, okay. um, he worked for us virtually for most of the spring semester and then um again over the winter but now he's he's back in plattsburgh so connor you guys met connor at the the career day fair yeah because i think you were there yeah i know yeah. i did give you guys a big plug i don't know if that was actually to connor that <laughs> been someone else but i think it was connor oh because it was like i don't know if you were there or andy came walking up and connor asked me about real estate and then he goes well i'm kind of interested in finance i'm like well <laughs> finance let me go show you to my friends over here yeah and uh, i don't know and then of course i don't know if andy was next to us this was a couple years ago now but it was a fun event mm-hmm. but i remember talking to connor because he ended up coming here to like talk to us about real estate and i was like oh if you want finance like why don't you talk to these guys they're right in the same building and that's what he ended up doing so yeah the the, the real estate was very short-lived but like i said i like i like he's a smart kid though he's like sure. He's one of those kids. I he's young. He's like 20, 21. Yeah. Um, but he seems he thinks older than he is. Yeah, he's an old soul. Yeah, and and uh, which I, I appreciate because I was the same way. I was I was 
yeah, I should have worried about more about partying and drinking. I think at that age <laughs> than, than what I was actually kind of like him thinking about, but yeah. whatever, it all worked out. Um, so delegation, that's, do you guys delegate to each other, you and Andy, or is that? Yeah, there's definitely certain things that one of us has a strength in. And so we're in constant communication about who needs to do this, who needs to do that. Um, uh, so we work really well as a team. We have different strengths, different interests. Um, and like, if there's something like a technology thing that needs to be built out, usually I'll go and investigate that and get it all set up. Um, Andy's really good about the more in the moment type of, um, type of things for clients that need to happen. And Mm so we just bounce, bounce things off each other all the time. And you guys said you take certain leads with certain clients, sometimes probably more personality based. Is that? Yeah. Yep. Um, personality based and kind of, uh, sometimes it's geographic. So we have some clients that are down in like Glens Falls, Albany, Clifton Park area. And Mm so I'm, I just like traveling. I think you'll get that with three kids okay. that it's like <laughs> I get to spend Road two trip. hours on <laughs> listening to an audiobook or just listen to music or whatever it is. Like it sounds good to me. Um, so yeah, we all kinds of different reasons that we might take the lead on it, but a lot of it is personality. He, he and I have very different personality mm-hmm. types. And so um, sometimes, you know, I think that the clients that work with us, they, they like us both, they trust us both, but sometimes my communication method just connects with them better or Andy's connects with them better. So, yeah. And that's why I said the dynamic of two people, it's, it's good. Like I like having, it, um, that's something I hope as we grow that we kind of have a little bit with Nick cause Nick does a lot of stuff with clients, which is good because I just don't have time to get back yeah, as, as much as she right. can. And she's done a good job in it, but it's nice when we kind of speak the same language, but it's different approaches and I can kind of step in and she can step in and it, it works out. Um, now besides, business and kids do we do any hobbies anything that you have time for or is that <laughs> um or maybe before you had kids yeah you right to do? exactly um i like to read a lot we um took up hiking two years ago and i'm a little bit obsessed with hiking right now okay um like the 46 peaks well yeah i like the 46 peaks i'm more of a recreational like i want to get out i i like it because we can all do it together me and brad and the kids and so um we're looking, we're do smaller mountains for sure. And I also like hiking at kid speed. So, so like the, well like the Poco Moonshine? Yeah, like Poco Moonshine, Rattlesnake, Big Crow, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm definitely your, like, your kind of hiker because yeah. I was talking to uh, Daniel Howard Ross. Oh my gosh. And Dan- yeah. she's great. She's a 46 per- yeah, I know person. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> I said, what's your favorite part of the, what, what's your favorite part of it? And she goes, when I'm done. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I said, that means, that'd be my, my, that's exactly why, but. I always get the, uh, the, every thought I've always come after, after like a long hike. And again, I can count them on one hand. How many times I've actually gone on a long, like mountain hike. Every time I gotten done, gotten done. The first thought that's in my head is why did I just waste five, six, seven hours climbing up to climb down? I get it. The view's cool. I'll be honest. If I looked at it through a photo or I looked at it in person, it's better in person. I agree, but it's sure. not something that's like makes me think that I should have wasted my whole day to go up and see it. (laughs) And again, I can't turn my mind off. So it's one of those things. I just don't find the peace and I get anxiety. Mm. Like I climb up and I'm like, let me get up as fast as I can to get down so I can do something else. And I'm like, I don't think that's the way you should be looking at hiking. So let's just not hike. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun to me at all. Yeah. So we, we like it just because the conversations that you have on the trail, Mm -hmm. all the different, I mean, my kids are at that age where they're noticing a lot of things that are neat. And so, 
Um, like in the spring, my daughter likes to point out like how many trillium she saw along the way. She'll keep count up to like a couple hundred trillium. I'm like, okay, like good for you. <laughs> um, but like we, we just like the time together on the trail. The summit is great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love to, to have a drink up there and a snack and take in the view as much as anyone else. But um, we do a lot of trails where there is no end point or no summit too so like we we don't always climb a mountain sometimes we're just going through the woods um and it's really about the time together on the trail i like i like it with the yeah well, like we go for walks with the kids but mm-hmm. they i'd say most walks you can probably get back in about a half hour 45 minutes max like so it's which is just enough kind of tires sure. them out you get some time with them i think as they get older i'd like to i'd like to do i don't know like I don't know if I'd like want to do hikes. I do Poke Moonshine's perfect. I would mm-hmm. do Poke Moonshine. I like I'd rather go skiing or something with sure. them. So it's a little more, you know, action packed, I yeah. guess. But um yeah, I think that's gonna be better when we get older is that you can just spend like you said, that doing something they want to do. Yeah. And of course I'm trying to get I think he'll get into it because he has a pretty good swing, but giving my son into golf. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's perfect. So, I've, I mean, I've talked with like Andy and other guys, like we get our kids in the golf, like now we can well, just exactly. go. Right. And it's, like finding something that your kids are still going to want to do with you even when, you know, you're old and gray. Yeah. Hopefully that everyone can keep doing together. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's a hobby that you get more time back because you're with them. And if they actually like doing it, it's, it's a bonus. So, um, yeah, like I said, it, it's, it's fun. It's, uh, no, it's, it's, it's always a good time to, to grow into that. So, sure. um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I pretty much hit everything I wanted to ask you on. Oh, all is, right. Is there, I mean, is there, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. I just, I, the, dismissed. Uh, is, huh? Dismissed. Dismissed. Yeah, you're good. You can go back to the other side. Um, actually, do you like that you're able just to like walk back and forth now? Yeah. Because we never unlocked the door, but it's fine. We never actually go that way. But the main drag, we got the gate down and stuff. So it's just kind of a nice, like, I can go like walk through, go up to like, Go up to meet up with BBG if I need to, or come yeah. down. You guys are right there. I just like that like flow of. It feels the- like it's like we're obviously not in the same business, but we're kind of all in it together. It's it's really nice to have it all as like the collective well, here. We, when we played in the golf tournament, they, Joe, I get Jody Parks. I think was the one that named us as the Bridge Street Boys when yeah. we played in the golf <laughs> tournament, which is just an app. It's fun. It's a great time, but it's just not very good golf. But it's fun. <laughs> but I think that like people start like tacking us all or tagging us all together as like the 1886 or the or the the train station i like that because i'm like everybody you know most of the people that are in here and we're you know i think we're all vocal enough to know and tell who else is in the building and it's kind of cool that it's slowly getting packed up and i know most of the people um i don't know kevin very well i've never talked to him he's awesome so i've heard nothing but good things but i used to pre-kids and even when i had my first kid i used to spend a lot of time in the train station Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody spends more time in the train station than Kevin Perrier. No. Somehow. Yeah. He's here. I get here. He's here or pulling in. I leave and he's still there. And he has the most work ethic of like anyone that I've ever met. Like he's who I want to be when I grow up. He just crushes it. And I I sit there. I'm like, I'm like, I'm here at like six and I'm leaving at six. And he somehow pulled in at six Oh five and is leaving at like seven Oh five. I'm like, this guy just is like, he's a, yeah. And he's efficient while he's working. So we kind of got to um, have a front row seat to his business because he helped us with Brian's adoption. Okay. And so, um, so yeah, I I cannot recommend Kevin highly enough. He's just he's very efficient. He's very thorough and courteous. And does does he have any way that works him. with him, or is it just yes. him and a, like a paralegal or a assistant? Um, so he has like probably the best paralegal in Clinton County. He okay. has um, Sue that works down there, and. 
she's she's a paralegal, but she can do a lot of the work herself too. The two of them have been partners for a long time. Okay. And so, um, they work really well together. And I think that when Andy and I were down there, we kind of said like, Oh, if we could only be like Sue and Kevin, we'll be doing okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I've never actually spoken to the guy before. I just see him. He's just like, he just is always working. I'm like, this yeah. guy's just crushing it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and again, like I said, it's kind of an odd, like the, um, Darwood, an associate next mm-hmm. next door. Um, there are guys that I see and I'll chit chat with. I I feel bad. I don't really know their names and they're nice. I mean, they're really nice guys. And I don't know them that Jeff and um, it could be. I like. Yeah. I just see them and they. Andy knows them. Of yeah, course. and I just like talk. Go. Yeah, of course, the, the mayor of the the <laughs> yeah. mayor of the building. So, um, but I always see them and they're always very nice and say hi. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I, like you guys, BBG. You know, obviously, I knew Andy still here, and then yeah, Forest um, downstairs. Forest, yeah. yeah. So it's like I know most of the people here, and then Amtrak, who I don't know anybody there. But <laughs> the the good thing is, I just don't have to sit there and have the you know all the people crashing into my door. Oh my gosh! Did you have that problem down there? So we had one time the first winter that well, it was the only winter that we were there. It was like bitterly cold. The Amtrak station wasn't open, and there I don't remember what the event was. It was like school was going to start or end or something like that. Mm-hmm. One of those days where there, it was just like yep. a ton of people. And all of a sudden, this horde of people just like walked into our office. And I was like, listen, like, I'd like to help you, but this is a private office. Like, and you, you can't just hang out in here. The guy's like, well, call the cops on me if you want, because I'm not leaving. So I just, we became the waiting room for Amtrak that day. I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to call the cops on these people. It's freezing outside. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that, we're glad to be up top. So the, the worst story I had is and people there's people that came in there's a couple people that waited there like just randomly or they call me like can you call someone and like yeah there was some weird things like i'm just like why would you come here this whatever right but the day we were moving up here i'm kind of notorious for like if i leave i lock the door just Mm -hmm. because just because not yeah just because i'm like i got stuff there and whatever and so i remember moving stuff up here i'm kind of last day in that that office and I left the door open and it was me and a few people helping us carry stuff up. And we were coming up through the main stairway. So sure. it wasn't like we were going that far. Yeah. So all of a sudden, bring some stuff up. We're probably up here no more than from the moment we left, to the moment we came here, to the moment we got back down less than five minutes. Yeah. Like, so. That's all it takes yeah. sometimes. <laughs> so I go in, all of a sudden I hear someone in the bathroom and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what the? Who I'm is like, this? hello? Right. And someone just says. I'm almost done. And I'm like, I'm looking at the people. I'm like, is there someone else that was supposed to meet us here? Like, I like, didn't know. This like homeless guy comes walking out. Oh my gosh. And he comes stumbling out. Yeah. Not the most sober, I should sure, say. I don't know what sure. he, I, mean, I don't know if it was just alcohol he had, but whatever. Comes out, stumbles out. And the bathroom legit was the one of the worst, like foul smelling things I've ever, and I don't think it was actually, like if you weren't going to move out, then you had to move out. Yeah. yeah. Like, like not, not like blew up the bathroom. I'm saying like, just like odor on the guy. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, it was that bad. And yeah. I'm like, thank God I'm moving up today. Yeah. And that was, I probably had spent after that moment, I probably spent less than 10 minutes in that office. Yeah. Cause I just had to get like, I mean, we had to, we were almost getting our stuff out, but I'm like literally five minutes and this guy happens to wander in and <laughs> it was just the oddest thing. And I mean, you know, you didn't take anything that I know of, no. but it was just one that we ended up, uh, it's just like your, your workspace, especially when you're the business owner and like, 
it's your space. It's kind of, to me, it feels like someone walking into your home. Like you kind of want to know who's in there, and what's going on. So we've had two instances here. One last year, someone broke in. I say broke in the door down there. I think was kind of left open. They came in. They took my cigars out of here. They took a bottle of. Uh, they took a liquor bottle that we may have had here, <laughs> and took a bunch of like candy. Oh my. God. <laughs> and we only knew because he left the and like all of a sudden I'm like why is there like candy wrappers on the floor because there's like oh they're not candy but candy so they must yeah. have just like grabbed a bunch and, and knocked some on the it. floor and I'm like why is it all over the floor not thinking and then I came in here and I don't know what cued us in as to someone like might have broken in all of a sudden I look in they literally had gone into my humidor mm-hmm. took cigars out took a lighter out took a like everything Perfect. that you need out yeah. took liquor out they just like ransacked the place so that was the first one the second one literally happened like within the week oh my gosh and someone and i don't maybe someone's pulling a prank on me i don't know but our candy was all gone we found it yesterday a bunch of wrappers in the corner behind in our conference room on the floor yeah and the girls are like oh a mouse might have done it i'm like well listen i I don't know maybe but i said I'm, i'm very skeptical if a mouse did this so today within the 45 minutes before you got here, I was like, okay, I haven't ate. Let me make something. So I've been grabbing my food, making some stuff. So I grab a box of like um, Trisket, like mini Trisket things. Knowing full well, there was at least half the box Triscuits. Yeah. So I go and I put it down to eat my stuff. So it's like the last thing I'm like, let me just open and have a couple of, of these Trisket things. Yeah. I pull out the bag. The bag is completely empty except crumbs. And I'm like, and I went and asked the girls, I'm like, <laughs> Guys, so I have my triscuits. <laughs> I have a box bag. There's no holes in it. Yeah, it's rolled up. It's like someone took them out, jammed it back in, and put the box back. So I'm I don't know. Is what, it one of my kids? They do that to me all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if one of my kids broke into your office. I don't know because I'm saying I'm like they, so far that we know of. There's candy, but I'm like there's no there's no booze that was taken. Right. There's no like so the 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 guy that came in that first time like obviously he's grabbing cigars and booze which i can only imagine yeah Yeah, and that's probably a little more expected yeah this was like candy and then as a right don't now granted i haven't like gone through everything and looked but luckily like nothing in my office was taken Mm -hmm. so i mean somebody really wanted they're better off stealing like i don't want to say this on camera but they're better stuff to steal (laughs) than than candy and and crackers and so that was that we're in the investigation aspect to the point where i'm like okay i probably need to put cameras up and yeah we have a camera in our office i i don't yet but it's it's uh I think I'm going to have it up probably within the next week or two because it's uh, it just happened twice and it's yeah. like okay we don't know what's going on because it's just randomly like how are people there's no damage to the door or anything when... no doors locked so it's it's just kind of weird how and the down there's locked too so mm-hmm. it's like we're trying to I don't know so we'll we'll figure it out at some point but like that's it just seems like. Uh, maybe it's a ghost. Out. Maybe it's a ghost. Yeah. Maybe it's a ghost. In uh, we had the we had <laughs> the Matt Boyer come, Matt Boyer come on and he was the ghost guy and he oh, was telling he about stuff. He left a ghost here. Maybe. Yeah. So he, he's pretty. He he's got some good stories. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Have you been on his tours? Yeah. We Brad uh, pre kids. Brad and I went on the cemetery tour out on the Oval. The Beaumont one. Uh, no. Not Beaumont. Um. It's uh. It's more like military based. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you never look at that old building by Maple Fields the same. It's like. <laughs> Oh, the big, yeah. Completely haunted. It's, uh, that would be, a, it's, for, it's always been for sale, but mm-hmm. there, I think there's, there's a lot of like environmental stuff I think has to go sure. on in there, but yeah. if you could turn that into something, it'd be really cool. 
I'd love to own that building and just revamp the whole thing, oh my but gosh, it sounds like so I don't have work. enough money in the world, yeah. I think, to do it. So, but that's what they said with the barracks too. It looks great now. And, so. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It they, just needs the right, the right wallet and the right eye for it. I yes, think. and I would love to do it. But Neither one is mine. Yeah, yeah. Right now, it's not happening. I mean, twenty years from now, maybe. Right sure. now, it's not happening. So, um, but yeah, he did a good job, and maybe he brought in some like spooky ghosts or something. But I just find it weird, like. I don't know. You just can't, you can't, I don't know how you to describe it. it. I'm once not, you feel I'm like not someone's sure. been in your space. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not Sherlock Holmes, but it just feels weird when people like are in your space that aren't in your space. Cause I spend more time here than I think anybody. And mm-hmm. it's like, it just weird. I mean, not Kevin Perrier obviously spends more time than anybody, but in, I know it, the feeling in Kavanaugh. It becomes your home away from home. Yeah. So yeah. then it just feels weird when like, you know, people have stopped in that weren't invited and came in after hours. You need to get like a Plattsburgh exorcist on the podcast. Do they make them? Do, make them? do they make him? Are they? Do they exist? Do they make those people around here? Who knows? Yeah, as my son would say, we can probably get at Target. Yeah, like, we can get anything go. at Target, buddy. That's Order right. Order on Amazon. Yeah, he's like, oh, can I get this toy or can I get a toy book or whatever? And, and oh, batteries. I said, where are we gonna go get them? Goes, man, probably Target. Oh, okay, we go there. Perfect. You know, he knows Target. Like that's where we young get all consumer, the yeah. all the yeah young consumer. There you go. Good marketing on their part. Yeah. Um. So Hannah, we'll wrap it up here. Anybody that needs to reach out to you or Andy, um, but mostly you because we know, we know, yeah, we can find Andy. So there you go. what you want to read off the front of you want me to read off the front of your card or you want, cause we read off the back. So but. you can come to the train station, which everyone should when they're invited and when they're supposed to be here. <laughs> That's it. Um, or the easiest way is to go to our website, which is www.lpfinancialadvisors.com and all of our contact information is on there and you can even book an appointment online. There you go. So there, there she is, Hannah C. Provost, Lamonto Provost Financial Advisors. And um, well, I guess, yeah, go, go to the website. I was going to tell you where you are, but train station, you'll find them. You can't miss them. <laughs> um, that's it. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed episode uh, 116 of the Galen Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E. L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.